Blog Talk Radio. Aloha. Welcome. I'm your host, Paul Booth. Welcome to Talking Pictures with Paul Booth. I am so sorry. Right before it went on air, I sneezed. And it was the wrong time to sneeze. So pardon me there for, if you heard me uh, wiping my nose, I'm so sorry. Uh, Thank you to Jonah, as always, for bringing us this uh, content. Today we will be talking with I hope I don't pronounce it wrong. Damon Pelicioni. I'm sorry. I'm Italian. I should speak this uh, language better. Uh, Revry, which is R-E-V-R-Y dot com, uh, www dot, uh, is a premier queer digital media network for the inclusive 21st century LGBT Q plus community. Now I went through here and it's pretty cool because there's podcasts, there's web series, obviously short films, features. Uh, I, a lot of the time, okay, there's many times for new listeners, new guests, um, I don't go through too much content because uh, I don't want to get, a te- I don't want to fi- come across something and then all I want to do is talk about that. So I kind of saved some stuff for uh, the guests to discuss. But it's really interesting. They have this series on here that I wanted to um, recommend. I was taking a look at the synopsis and was able to see the first episode, but don't want to spoil it. It's called Her Story. And it's an Emmy-nominated and Peabody Award-winning series that looks inside the dating lives of trans and queer gender women, queer women, as they navigate the intersections of desire and identity. So I'm going to be interested in hearing about this, uh, picking up those awards. And let me see. We have our caller coming through. Let me check. Hi, Aloha, David welcome. Hello? Hi, it's Damien Pelliccioni. Hi, welcome. Thank you for calling in. We appreciate your time. I'm excited to be on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, yeah, no problem. I, I'm glad that you pronounced your name. I didn't know if I pronounced it wrong when I said you were going to be on. So thank you for clearing that up. I was just uh, telling everyone about all the ver- the variety of stuff that you guys have here. And we'll have, of course, you elaborate on it. Because the one thing I can't stand about talk shows is when the host, tells you all this information and the guest is sitting right there. It's like, why don't you talk to the person who created the information as opposed to babbling on about what you figured out about the information. So I, I had just mentioned to people, there was a podcast, a web series, uh, obviously short films, features. And what I did was, um, and I'm letting you know as a host, Sometimes I don't go too bored into looking at content um, other than when you have to feature finish one feature film because I don't want to come across something that makes me just want to talk about that. I want to keep with variety. So with a web series, say I'll watch one episode so that I'm not like a geeky fan. Um, but I guess where we'll start out is uh, I, I know I have a um, – Synopsis, uh, uh, oh God, sorry, not a synopsis. I have a bio for you, but mm-hmm. I think it would just be better. I think it would just be better if if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, so we kind of get an idea yeah. of where your background is, and then we'll jump into again. This is a LGBTQ plus streaming service. Uh, is it Reverie the right way to pronounce it? That's correct, Reverie. Okay, and it's R E. VRY.com will, of course, with the www. And now we're going to have the CEO explain more in detail what we're, what we're, what's in store for us here. Yeah, so Reverie uh, is a really exciting platform uh, that we uh, launched, myself and three other fabulous co-founders, Aliyah J. Daniels, LaShawn McGee, and Chris Rodriguez. Um, we actually started this whole 
uh, project in the living room of my house in Echo Park. Uh, got them, got my, my three best friends together and basically said, I have this idea for a startup. What do you think? And, um, and they all agreed and they said, let's go. And that was October of 2015. Uh, shortly after we were in development, raised a little bit of money and we had six apps come out. So Apple TV, Chromecast, Roku, iOS, Android, um, the web, um, so, so many different versions of the application uh, in beta, March of 2016. And then June of 2016, we actually launched. Um, we launched at San Francisco Pride. It was a really super exciting um, event to be at because it's the tech capital of the world and the gay capital of the world, so to speak. Um, and we had an overwhelming response. Almost instantaneously, we were downloaded a couple thousand times. And we were um, uh, in over 50 countries. The amazing thing is, cut to today, almost two years later, not even two years later since our consumer launch, and we are now in 100 countries with a reach of just over 10 million. Uh, and that's not going to stop, right? We're going to be going even bigger and badder very soon. Uh, we're going to be launching channels on a few new networks um, this Pride season. Actually, in June, we've got some big announcements. Nothing bigger than our current announcement that we actually just had, which was a partnership with Funny or Die, um, you know, one of the mainstream, most amazing uh, comedy networks uh, spearheaded by Will Farrow. Uh, we had a partnership with them both in the production of Gay of Thrones this year, the um, Game of Thrones Emmy Award uh, nominated after show. We co-produced that with them this past season, and they've launched a channel in the Reverie e ecosystem. So now you can see the best of Funnier Die queer comedy on the Funnier Die channel within the Reverie application. So we're really excited about that. Uh, so we have a lot going on, um, and I have a lot to tell you. I obviously can tell you a lot more, but uh, I'll let you ask the questions. <laughs> oh, no, well, you know, this is, this is interesting because uh, you, you mentioned Will Ferrell. Um, he's actually, for people that don't know, he's been branching out, <clears throat> sorry, branching out with so many uh, streaming services and bringing comedy that's not just the straightforward studio comedy. Uh, he has to act like an idiot in one scene to make it funny. Um, and no offense to him, I'm just, I think we're all tired of that character and we know he's so much more talented. So I loved when I saw and to hear uh, that he's helping bring light to this community. Of course, uh, we won't have political discussions or get into all that crazy stuff. Or if it comes up, that's fine too. Uh, I don't know what Jonah told you. We do not censor. I don't judge. I... Uh, obviously if I did, we wouldn't be doing this show. Um, so I'm very excited about this, uh, this channel because these films obviously are overlooked. There's obviously people who won't see them just based on that. They are LGBTQ plus. Um, uh, one of our producers is 73 and uh, was, is, was a gay man in San Francisco in the ground zero times of Harvey Milk and Castro and uh, wow. AIDS, and AIDS hitting and uh, he's told me stories about cops beating him up with a baton. So um, anytime something like this comes across where we can give support and go back to that human factor, which what I found most interesting. Um, and so you know this this show is random questioning. We don't go. A, B, yeah. C, D. So I, wanna, yeah, I wanted to let you know, because I, I once had a guest say, God, you were so unprepared. And I said, no, I can't stand the shows where it's like, and then I went to high school, and then I went to college, and then I failed at this. It's like, not interesting. Um, so basically, I was looking at one of the, uh, oh, shoot, okay, uh, I assume it's a web series because it's called Her Story. And mm -hmm. it says it's Emmy-nominated and Peabody Award-winning. Um, what I'd like to know is, 
basically, how are you guys, uh, not your personal private marketing strategy, but how are you getting content? Because something that has an Emmy, and I didn't even know they gave Emmys to web series, like, where did you discover something like her story has an example? Uh, was it just festivals, a friend? I mean, was it just that you saw it win an Emmy? How, 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 how does that work? We um, knew the, the show because we were fans ourselves. Um, prior to even launching Reverie, we, you know, we created this list of content that we wanted to go after. We wanted to license. We wanted to highlight. We wanted to lift up. Um, when creating our platform, and her story was definitely at the top of that list. Um, then we got to have a wonderful meeting with Kate and Jen and Julie and the creators and the producers of the show, and they were just such amazing people. I mean, they're, I consider them friends now, close friends now. And, um, and, and you know, I, I personally just am so impressed and so excited about the work and the stories they told, not because I'm a little biased because I live in Echo Park and the whole story was set in Echo Park, which I do love, but, um, but because it really shows a different side to the community. And I'm talking specifically to the trans community. It humanizes them. It shows a different aspect of their life that is not fetishizing them, um, which I think so many trans stories did before in the past. Um, and, 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 and it's also showing a unique perspective from different racial backgrounds and gender identities, I think there's a lot of important uh, issues that they tackle in this story that, um, you know, we're proud to be distributing this and highlighting it on our platform. And, you know, I always tell Jen this, that when we get to the point where we're, you know, funded enough, we, uh, we 100% would love to produce a second season of her story. And the fans definitely, uh, I know, are there to watch it. Well, this is really interesting because, um, and of course, Jonah, we've worked with so many times and it always seems like he, I, there's this weird thing. I, I call it like the, the universal Jonah theory where, uh, he brings us a guest at like the moment that our shows can has a, like, let's say we're confused about something like within mm-hmm. a week, I get an email from Jonah and that guest like unconfuses us. So um, I want to thank you for what you're doing because you've already said some things where it's been like, I've been able to be like, Oh, okay. I understand that now about film and I understand that now about what they're doing. And so it it just, it it always seems to happen. I never, I I can never understand why. And I guess it's just something I'm not supposed to understand. So, so with that show, the Jonah Blackman theory. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to use that on Yes, please. And I have a friend who calls him the center of the universe because it's like the four degrees of uh, Jonah because Kevin Bacon takes seven, but Jonah takes four. Um, yet, uh, you know, and I, if you're listening and when you listen, Jonah, you know that I always compliment you and you're so modest and you say, oh, no, no. Um, the, the other thing that I found interesting here was uh, there's uh, on your originals and exclusives. Now, you you had mentioned, and any question, feel free not to answer, and I don't mean personal, private, business meeting answer, but if there's any elaboration you could do where it says originals and exclusives, now, dare I say House of Cards, but that was one of Netflix's biggest hits, obviously, uh, like mm-hmm. Gay Hollywood Dad and Gay, gay Husbands of San Francisco, So these are, you guys actually have stuff in production and you're also doing the streaming side, like, like you're a producer of gay Hollywood dad. And then you're also the the distributor. Is that how that, is that how that works for you guys? Kind of. Um, Gay Hollywood dad was actually produced and directed by a fabulous filmmaker named Quentin Lee. Uh, Gay Hollywood dad is actually currently being nominated for a Queerity Award along with another big original of Reveries called Before I Got Famous. And if you are listening, I definitely encourage you to please vote for Gay Hollywood Dad and Before I Got Famous for the Queerty Awards coming up in just a couple of weeks. But we have so much exclusive content and original content 
Um, we are producing uh, just a ton of different things, um, both with co-productions, with other production companies and studios, kind of like I mentioned before with Funny or Die, that was a co-production for Gay of Thrones. But then even just in-house, our own original content. Actually, this past weekend, I was up in San Francisco. I had the pleasure to shoot a six-camera show inside the Castro Theater. We were shooting the wow. drag roast of Heclina, um, and it was starring Jackie Beats. Um, Alaska, um, Jinx Monsoon, Sister Roma, um, Peaches Christ, Julie Brown, and even a special guest appearance from Bob the Drag Queen. Uh, in front of an audience of 800 people at the Castro Theater, let me tell you, that's a, a pretty awesome, um, spectacular way to shoot, to have a production. And I was there producing um, the entire weekend shoot on Saturday. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's one thing to be said, uh, managing eight different uh, drag queens, uh, especially when they're all there just to read each other to filth. But the best part was it was all shot in 4K. And let me tell you, when I looked at the footage, I've never seen so many highlights in a queen's wig before uh, until you yeah. shot queen 4K. It's a beautiful thing, I'll tell you. Well, that Quentin Lee, of course, he's behind uh, also Chopso, right? And People I've Slept With was a film he wrote or produced. I know Jonah, we had him on for Chopso, um, or it might have been his friend. I can't stand if I even sound like I'm saying Asian names are the same. Um, but I know Quentin Lee. I'm a fan of his work. Um, I discovered it years ago, back in like 2009. He had a film in the Hawaii International Film Festival. So uh, thank you for mentioning that because we love to support all filmmakers the point of our show, the way you're saying to bring people to the community is ours is just anything film. So we're uh, like one time we had a student and the next day we had Rachel Morrison, who of course has become the first woman to get an Oscar nomination for cinematography. And our intent mm -hmm. was always to say, I want to have a fourth grade student who made a two minute short. And the next day I want to have Al Pacino to show that yeah. we all just love film. We all started somewhere. So uh, yeah. I really liked that when I was reading what you guys are about and what you're doing. We love if a guest gets political or if a guest comes on with a film that we know um, uh, is going to stir the pot or uh, people might not listen to the whole episode. I, I love getting a great controversial topic and then seeing that people stopped listening because it's like, yes, um, I don't set out to piss no. people off. But it's like, good, it hit a chord. Um, sorry, sorry well, for that I little rant. Oh, good. No, no, no. But I will, I will tell you something a little political. Two things that happened to us last week that were political. Um, Mark Leno, who is the front runner for San Francisco uh, mayor, actually introduced Tecolina at the Castro. So I had the pleasure of meeting Mark Leno. And believe it or not, he is one of the few and only candidates. Um, who is openly gay to run for San Francisco mayor. And if he's elected, I had to look this up. He would be the first gay mayor of San Francisco. How crazy is that? And wow. then the other thing is, earlier in the week, this happened on Saturday, and last Monday, a week ago last Monday, we were at a press conference with Eric Garcetti. Um, Reverie is partaking in a beautiful initiative that Eric Garcetti's economic committee is spearheading alongside Ava DuVernay and Dan Lin, which is the Evolve Entertainment Fund. And the focus of the fund is to place women, uh, people who are POC and LGBTQ or any intersection of all three of those um, in uh, internships in the entertainment business. Now, these kids are not kids, obviously, coming from the typical USC's or UCLA's, the more privileged right. schools, but more trade and, and vocational schools where they really want to be part of, you know, the entertainment business, but don't have the opportunities simply because sometimes of the geography of where they live or, when, or where they went to school. So this fund is actually paying and placing interns and in paid internships with great companies like Reverie, uh, where we're actually going to be taking on two uh, interns from the fund quarter for the rest of the year. And I'm very excited to meet these kids. Um, because, of course, they're going to be ones that are more passionate and excited to be working for a company like Reverie, and it's doing something and giving back to our community, even just here locally in Los Angeles. 
It, I, I'll, I feel so stupid because it'll probably be an answer where it's like, duh, Paul. Uh, what does POC stand for? People of color. Oh, okay. Thank you for saying that because I cannot stand saying black people or uh, I once had an argument with someone because I said it was during the time when the Oscars was, there's not enough. I call it non-white actors. And I said, uh, you know, Denzel's just a great actor. I'm not going to call him a black actor. Or, uh, And they got really mad at me calling me racist. I said, wait a minute, I'm racist because I don't want to, I just want to call him a man. Like what he is. I've never watched one of his films. It's, oh my God, he was just so good as a colored man in fences. Like, my God, had he been white, it would have so POC, yeah. thank you for giving that to me because I have just yeah. I have had you know, I can I can't even say I I cannot use any label. So thank you no, for this education. No, and, and you know, and I'll take it one step further. We're not even with Reverie. We have even you know we've we've rethought the way that we are using labels and terminology, even internally and externally. You know, we are a queer platform and we're queer centric and queer focused. Um, you know, LGBTQ is very labeling, but queer is more community-based. And we want to bring a sense of belonging and community to our platform and the content that you see on the platform. You know, and the great thing, too, is that we represent all walks of life, all races, gender identities, um, sexual orientations, any intersectionality. You know, we are really uh, um, modernizing the way that we even communicate um, the focus and the terminology of the queer community. You know, even on my business cards now, I have my preferred pronouns, which are him, his, uh, and, um, and, and that's something that we're doing. You know, we have all gender-neutral bathrooms at our work. You know, we are very much in tune with the modernization of our community and the next. I think that's really important, the next phase of where our community is going to go and how we want to help shape and spearhead that conversation. Well, that's fantastic. Um, I'm trying to think how to best place this question as a white male with a Mexican mother who's heterosexual and likes dogs. Um, sorry. Well, you're Latina. Bad joke. You're Latina. Uh, yeah, my my mother is half. I'm quarter, but uh, and my my other grand my her mom was half was Italian, so my mom's half Italian, half Mexican. And my dad's your straight up just white guy from the Midwest without the judgment. No, I wish I did. Uh, oh, I wish I, I did. My background's Italian. Oh, gosh. All I can do is eat a salami sandwich every day. And because uh, I'm Italian, that's not being racist. Um, you could tell me that was not. my life sentence. <laughs> I um, sandwich yesterday. Oh, yeah. Oh, see, there's. Just to take one step off track, sorry, Jonah, I know you didn't put us together to talk about meatball sandwiches, but yes, I have to agree with you. There's nothing, uh, people like, they'll still, they, they've called me racist because I say, oh, Mexicans eat burritos. I go, no, if you're really Mexican and you have a really old school grandma and she makes a burrito, you'll want it every day. So yes, a meatball sandwich, nothing beats, uh, okay, anyways, <laughs> So I also was, I also was looking through. Uh, never mind Reverie. This is the Italian food cooking hour. Um, yeah. What Same what I really? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's like we're changing the show. Now let's just talk about food. I'm kidding. I'm totally yeah, kidding. exactly. exactly. What, what I what I loved here as I as I went through some of the stuff was how great these titles are, and and I will say it got me a little frustrated because you read like. Uh, let me find one that wasn't since we mentioned gay Hollywood dad, um, like, uh, Gaberhood. Okay. So a mockumentary and Chicago, um, using safe over the top humor. I enjoy when any, uh, buddy can make fun of themselves. Like, I think I remember this is spinal tap was kind of the gauntlet. And then the, that same group of people kept, making different things to make fun of people. But uh, for the LGBTQ community, 
uh, when it says uh, oh, that didn't say safe, that said side t- satire. Sorry, my eyes are going bad. Uh, where is there kind of the lo- the line drawn uh, in a show like this to where they're you know what is going too far to where you would have been like okay that's a little bit past mockumentary like I like learning what other like what people think about that like where where's your line like has a programmer CEO or someone showed it to you how how does that fit how does that fit the description for something like Gaberhood? Well, I'll tell you one thing. Gaberhood is made by two amazing filmmakers, um, uh, Colby and Sam, who are dear friends of ours as well. But they are, are doing it in a very satirical way. They've created this world of very colorful characters with, you know, extreme issues, as usually the, the world is in comedy, all coming together and trying to navigate life and marriage and relationships and, and, uh, and Chicago life. Cause the entire series is actually shot in the neighborhood in Chicago. Now, the one thing I will say is, you know, reverie, we are not afraid to boundary, but we are very aware of how we're depicting the community. And what I mean by that is, you know, we do not distribute anything that is pornographic or adult related and you'd be surprised how many times I get that question. Um, everything right. is falls within their, you know, an, an, an R rating or less. And, and we don't even have a lot of stuff that's R rated. You know, I would say we're on par with HBO with the most raciest piece of content that we have. Most of it is not. It's just great storytelling and, and, and beautiful production. Um, and you'll see this with shows like Gaberhood. And you'll see this with shows like Before I Got Famous. Um, and you'll see, and these are series, they're not films, right? These are like television shows and uh, full length. Gaberhood is six half hour episodes. That's our, our first original TV series. And um, we actually have our first original film coming out this year. Full length feature, Room to Grow, by two amazing filmmakers from Portland, Oregon. Um, that again, uh, you know, we it's like a big family. We become very close with the people that we work with and that um, are creating content with us. Uh, and, and this documentary depicts, you know, queer life at a very young age, from 10 to 17 years old, and all intersections and different races and gender identities. Um, and it blows my mind because, you know, I'm going to age myself right now, but in a couple of weeks, my birthday is March 7th, I will be 37 years old. Um, you know, and I'm on that cusp of millennial and Gen X. They like to say we're right. the Zennial. I'm in that Zennial world. Sometimes I feel like a millennial. Sometimes I feel like I'm Gen X. And, uh, and, and it's just amazing to me to see how young kids are coming out and identifying their gender and identifying their sexual orientation and being proud of who they are. Uh, and Room to Grow is just a beautiful, poignant uh, a piece of work that depicts this. Um, in uh, in a feature format. You know, we're going for a big festival release. Hopefully we'll have some news to report back very soon, but no confirmations yet. But we will be releasing a short-form series, and the short-form series will be um, Room to Grow, the series, and it'll start dropping in March, and it, it kind of leads into the feature film with different footage and different stories. So I definitely would encourage folks to to uh, to look out for that. Well, and please know uh, any further movements, projects, personal things. Uh, I've I've said this before, and then I've had PR reps get frustrated with me because I know the rule of once they're not being represented, then I'm not supposed to, sometimes not supposed to have the person on again because the PR rep, you know, was paid to have the guests on, and now if they're on again, they're not getting paid. But and I understand that that's just the game. But we we tell every guest, uh, you know, unless they hang up the phone and say, "Why the hell did I just do that interview?" That you know <laughs> they're welcome. They're welcome back. Uh, if you know if you have a series that you know takes off and it's going to be on Cinemax every Friday night, then uh, please feel free to get our information from Jonah. Where we love having guests back on. We've had some come back for their fourth film. Or even if it's just that uh, Reverie has hit a milestone, uh, 
let us know and we're uh, happy to, because we're just in this to, we see our community has just anyone who makes films or loves films. So we want to make sure that we're always supporting indies and we're always uh, making sure that, you know, new content that might slip through the cracks at a festival um, is just as important. So another thing that I was interested in, uh, first of all, I wanted to say uh, kudos to your web designer, because this is a brilliant website. We're all about teamwork. So I like to also say that. uh, I have to to give a credit right there for Drew Phillips, um, who heads our graphics here at Reverie. She's fabulous and amazing and very multi-talented. She's worked for us since the beginning. I have an amazing team of 15 people who work on Reverie every day. I'm actually sitting out front. I've been doing this interview in my car because I was a little late to jump on the phone. I'm sitting right out front of our house and our editorial bay and our soundstage. We're at the Glendale Studios lot here in downtown Glendale, California. But, yeah, I'm, I'm very blessed and lucky to work with such a talented, amazing, passionate group of employees who are all fighting for the cause and driving Reverie forward because, you know, our motto is simple. It's all about it's stream out loud. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Did you copyright that? <laughs> um, I will now, right after we get off the phone. I'm going to tell uh, Chris yes. and Aaliyah, <laughs> two lawyers, to uh, copyright that. Yeah, that's. That's so fantastic. I the the thing with the website, and of course it's what it's supposed to do, but it did it like maybe ten percent too much. Was it made me not like I was just about to click on a synopsis and I went, "Ooh, what's that?" And then, "Wait, what's that?" So I went very slowly and kind of made my list, then treaded back to. Uh, and there was and the and the problem here is, and this is obviously the best thing for you guys is that for audience out there. Um, we all know, you know, Netflix has taken a dive. Prime Video still is fantastic, but some people complain how one movie's free, one's to rent. Uh, so what's what's awesome about this is is just on the first page, there's too many things that you're gonna get excited about. Um, I saw the first page, purposely walked away from it, came back. Uh, don't want to spoil anything or get into anything about that I watched or saw, but, uh, and then I came back and I was just like, you know what, if I get too into this site, then before I know it, my work day is going to be lost. So this is a really uh, fantastic site. And aside from just being a great idea, um, these, uh, I mean, like I saw, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Queer as Folk, wasn't that, isn't that a series that was on before? I see here that it says UK series. Was there an American yeah. version of the UK series and a UK one? Yeah. The, so there was the American one, Queer as Folk, that was on Showtime. That is That's not what I thought. Okay. On. But this is the original UK one that came from a network in Britain, and it's so good. I actually liked it almost better than the American version because it's the true story of, like, Queer as Folk, the first season. Um, We have shows like Lip Service. Um, We have so many iconic films that we've licensed on the platform. We have great original podcasts. We have the largest library of LGBTQ podcasts in the world. We have the largest library of LGBTQ music for any streaming service in the world. We have over 75 queer music artists, all different genres and types of music. You can watch their videos or even just stream their album. Like the gym and you have the Reverie app on your phone and you want to listen to Ricky Rebel's new album, you can do that. You just pop on the app and um, you know, plug in your earphones and listen away. So I think that's another thing that makes us very unique because it's not just movies and TV shows that we have music and podcasts and, um, you know, short form videos, short, you know, short, short films, you know, web series, so many different types of content, all curated and very high production. You know, all these things that we uh, have on the app are very handpicked by our amazing content team, um, which has done such a great uh, such a great job because now we have amassed the largest LGBTQ global library of content in the world. You know, and I think that's something I also want to drive home is we are a global platform. 
we're available anywhere that there is an app store. Um, and this is what makes it really exciting because we've had letters from kids in South Africa and Saudi Arabia, in Iran, in Russia, in China. Literally, we get letters almost every week, mainly through social, you know, social messaging, uh, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. And, and one that really hit home this past um, uh, Christmas season was from a young gentleman in Iran who had never knew that a gay movie existed, had never seen any depiction of gay life or media outside of YouTube before. Uh, and he discovered Reverie and emailed us to say how excited and how happy he was to see himself on screen, you know, because we had stories that depict Middle Eastern queer people. Um, and, and um, you know, this had saved his life. You know, of course, immediately when you see or get a letter like that, you start to cry and you realize that your purpose of your company is much greater than what you originally set it out to be. You know, visibility in the United States is one thing for the kids in Arkansas and Kansas, but visibility for people in, you know, uh, Indonesia, in China, in Russia, in Saudi Arabia, in Iran, in Iraq, in UAE, where it's still very persecuted to be open, um, to love freely, um, is, not, um, is not an easy place to live or grow up um, as a queer kid. Um, and so, you know, we're excited because we are working on a big initiative, which we'd love to come back and tell you about in April, um, that is going to really bring Reverie to these countries on a bigger scale. Can't say more than that right now. But what, uh, we, no, can yeah, say, no. what, I, what we can say is what inspired us is to really get involved with NGOs like Trevor Project. Of course, we're a huge advocate and support the Trevor Project. And for the month of February... And the month of March, and we call it hashtag share the love, hashtag share the love. We are donating 50% of every yearly subscription sold, 50% of our profits from every yearly subscription sold to Reverie for the month of February and March. So if you're listening to this, I encourage you to buy a year subscription of Reverie um, because it's not just uh, for us as an organization. We are supporting um, fo the folks at Trevor uh, in the improvement of Trevor Spaces and Trevor Spaces. I know I'm a little long-winded here, but I apologize. Trevor Spaces no is a safe, a very important safe space. It's a chat room for kids internationally, not just in the United States, because of course, you know, um, Trevor Project being a call-in service just in the U.S., it's very difficult to localize globally. But for the uh, international kids, it's a space for them to communicate with counselors and other kids like them. And so uh, really this donation is going to the further development of Trevor Spaces so, you know, we can hopefully reach more people um, like this, this, this young boy in Iran and, uh, and others like him. Well, that's, <clears throat> Sorry, um, that is so uh, that is so fantastic because I'm, you know, I think everything we should view as global. I think in America, a lot of people like to think their problems or their situations, be it coming out or political beliefs or religious beliefs, are singular to the city, county, and state you live in, and. Uh, not looking at something as a global problem or even just a, a country problem or an international problem. I mean, you know, like using what you said about a place where you cannot come out, uh, being here, I think of it as like the gun thing, like the people who are off in Ohio hunting don't see a problem with guns, but we both know when you're at a stoplight in LA, you can get carjacked. So, it's not about ban the guns. It's about have your opinion be how is it affecting the country or even internationally that Canadians aren't shooting each other. So I don't, I, I'm not remotely comparing sexuality and how your dad will disown you over guns, but just the way of thinking globally is what I think we should all be doing with any issue. So I wanted to uh, commend you on that. Um, and also with the funnier die, uh, we're happy to say, just so, sorry, I, I always have intermittent plugs for the show. On Funny or Die, uh, CBS Access also picked up No Activity, which was an Australian series. And you can go in our archives 
www.talkingpicturesla.com. I think it's about eight or ten episodes back. We had the cinematographer, uh, um, uh, Judd Overton on, who had shot the Australia series and the U.S. series that had J.K. Simmons and a few other people. So this is really cool that uh, Funny or Die and then uh, you know, it's a, it makes sense that you guys partner up, that there is these companies out there that are looking for content outside the U.S. or just outside the box. And um, that's so important. And now I wanted to talk about – oh, and by the way, for everyone who knows, on Reverie, there's People I've Slept With, which is a hilarious comedy. Uh, I don't want to specifically quote him, but it was something along the lines of, Sundance turned it down because it was too Asian and it's no different than any other romantic comedy you see Oh, on a Friday night. Sorry. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, so that's what's cool about this content is you look up the synopsis and you're like, wait, that's what I just watched on Netflix. And it can kind of give you some thought of why am I thinking of it as different or why would I not watch it? Because like 20th century women, uh, when it's two dads or it's a bunch of dads raising a girl, then it's like, cool, it's, it's, it's the little cutie Kate Hudson when she was younger. So what the four dads is fine, but whoa, 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 if it's four women, uh, we got to talk and think like our grandpa. So that's what I love about uh, this site and what I've been seeing. So I see here when it says titles available for purchase. So I understand because obviously you guys uh, gave me a free trial. That that's just something that press were fortunate to get. Uh, if you could tell people what is the you had mentioned year prescription. How does this break down? And if you could break down the titles available for purchase, so people kind of understand how to get involved with this site and uh, yeah, so that right right now you can go to reverie.com. Uh, and you can kind of dive into part of our library. Uh, you, the service is available on the website. You can stream things off the website, or you can download the Reverie, R-E-V-R-Y app uh, on your Apple TV, on your Apple iOS device, like your iPad or your iPhone. Um, you can download it on Android devices or the Android TV, Amazon Fire Stick, uh, Roku, you name it. We're basically available on almost all um, over-the-top television or connected television devices or mobile devices. It's $4.99 a month. Um, that's the cost of a subscription, or $54.99 a year. And, again, if you buy that year, half of those profits go to the Trevor Project. We do have a small section on our website, if you scroll all the way to the bottom, with a few select titles to rent. Um, so um, most of them are not available in our library. Some are, actually, and you can rent them for as low as $0.99, cents, upwards of $3.99, depending on the title. Uh, but we focus more on the subscription model because you're going to get the most, and you're going to see things every Friday that are new. You know, Fridays are our big release days, and we drop, you know, at least four or five new titles um, every Friday. And I'll tell you, we've got – some big ones and a lot of new originals coming soon um, and some great titles that are well worth more than that $4.99 uh, subscription. Uh, and it's about 3,000 hours of queer content right now available in our subscription and growing. It grows at a rate of about 25 to 50 hours uh, per month. Okay. this So, so just for people – uh, that are new to it or aren't, it can kind of, it sounds like it, it very much translates like uh, Amazon Prime. You have your two ninety nine, three ninety nine, and then you have your loads of free stuff. And um, there's obviously reasons, which I won't ask, of the stuff that gets rented for Prime. It's just obvious that they're not going to let you watch the Best Picture nominee for free the day after the Oscars. Um, podcast. Now, this is something... Uh, I know they had a another website with Chopso that you could click on, and it had articles and 
I'm pretty sure it had podcasts. It was back in November, but uh, on this just straight up Reverie homepage, once you're in your queue, uh, podcast. Where did where did you guys get that idea to? Uh, sorry, let me rephrase this. I'm always interested in how a programmer wants to, or a company wants to have content, but doesn't want to like over inundate people with stuff. So it's like, I don't have time to, to, to follow a web series and watch some shorts. They have too many good features. Oh gosh, a podcast. So where did podcasts kind of sneak into all the good mm. visual content? Yeah, so, you know, one of the streaming is it's not just limited to watching something. We think you may just want to listen to something, whether it's audio streaming or video streaming. So why not include that in our service? And, you know, Leah Daniels, Jay Daniels, actually our co-founder, my co-founder and our COO, it was her great idea to start to produce original podcasts. Um, And, you know, that was over a year ago, and now we have about 10 in our collection um, we've got Dead for Phil, hosted by Michael Varadi, which is a queer horror podcast. It's so unique. It's so interesting. And Michael, being the cinephile that he is, um, it brings a very unique take and perspective and a great conversation, um, you know, with big, huge, uh, you know, directors, writers, producers, and folks uh, in the queer horror space um, like Darren Stein, uh, just to name a few. And um, And then we've also got you know, um, Kiss and Tell, which is a really great weekly podcast dealing with kind of pop culture and celebrity. Um, we have got Butch and the Bear, hosted by Daniel Franzese and A.B. Cassidy. Um, and it really is an interesting intersection of a lesbian and a gay man's perspective on um, community and celebrity. Uh, we've got um, Unbearable hosted by Big Dipper and Meatball, wonderful show, um, very much the downtown L.A. kind of scene. There's just so many great original podcasts um, on our network um, that we have been creating and developing, and there's just so many more to come. Um, there's one I would love to tell you about, but we'll probably have these two guests on, or we'll have these two hosts on your show to announce very soon. Well, I keep looking through the podcast here, and, I don't see talking pictures, so I guess I'm just getting the wrong link. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, we can, hey, we can say LGBTQ in the beginning of every show. I can say, hi, LGBTQ. Okay. Um, sorry, I had to throw that joke out. Um, and I'm not a comedian. Um, this was, uh, um, uh, and I really, you know, first of all, again, congrats on this. If there's anything you can say, or I, I'm I'm always interested in what a guest lesson is. Uh, is there something that you that you can share personally? Um, I see in your bio here that you worked uh, for YouTube. So, is how did that play into your? Well, obviously it plays into your experience. But what was something that you really took from YouTube that maybe people wouldn't think you would take from YouTube? Like, you know, we know you would learn technology. We know you would learn this or that. But what was like a special and unique lesson for you from YouTube that you were able to bring to the table for this? You know, it's funny. YouTube was great. I was just there for a very small part of my, my, my career. You know, prior to that, I was working with Chevy and Cadillac. I was a producer. I worked at Dogma Studios. Before that, I was an actor. I actually had a tiny role in the Gilmore Girls. But I would say, actually, um, the person who inspired me the most uh, was my former CEO of Make TV, which was a streaming company that was centered in Cologne, Germany, a streaming technology company, live technology company that I was heading business development for. Andreas is, uh, you know, Andreas Jacoby is probably still one of my, my closest friends and my biggest mentors um, today. But one of the things that I think I took from community, uh, both internally and externally, with the people that you're working with and the ones that want to work for you and creating that company culture, that aspect of community, the aspect of belonging, the aspect of passion and drive for the work that you have and the work that you want to do. I mean, truly 
that's what inspired me to start Reverie. Um, I am a first-time CEO, and it's a little scary taking that dive and leading a team at the size that we're at right now and the size that we're projected to be in just a few years. Um, but there is nothing that I have done that fulfills me the way that being a representative for my community in this aspect, uh, you know, as, as uh, a leader in a position of power has, Nothing's given me that this much excitement, joy, uh, and fulfillment um, uh, to be able to uh, to lead this team. And I think, uh, you know, um, seeing and shadowing someone like Andre Andreas um, before is is what truly inspired me to go out and do it for myself. And I encourage people everywhere, anyone who's listening to this, whether you're a filmmaker, whether you're in tech or startup you know, um, or whether you're, um, you know, just have an idea for something to just go out and fail, fail over and over and over again. (laughs) That's how you get to to the point where, um, you know, you're confident enough uh, and you're strong enough and you, um, and, and you stop, you stop worrying and you, that, that fear exits your body in a certain way, because now you know that there's nothing that can stop you. Passion will drive you forward. Passion will teach you every lesson that you need to know. Passion will bring you success. Oh, yes. I I completely agree. I think uh, I always say that uh, we all know it's a bumper sticker, failure is the best teacher, but uh, I definitely agree with uh, I should have three Oscar nominations for uh, biggest failure with certain projects and um <laughs> there's uh there's nothing like a good old why did I spend five years on that? I could have just been, you know, I mean, picking flowers would have been more productive than what a failure that was. Um I mean I, I have four films on Amazon Prime. Uh three of them are so bad I don't even name and I don't I don't think I would even tell Jonah. Um <clears throat> And other failures don't know how they got on Prime. Um, That's why I tell people just go. And we didn't throw them on Prime. Production companies bought them and distributed to Prime. So they weren't uh, how now you can offer content to Prime. And so, yeah, I'm glad that you said that because that's something uh, for us right now when you're, you're, you're obviously a culmination of so many different things that's that's basically what we are this this show was born out of just my last project was such a failure that I just thought what am I going to do my friend said well you love movies you know film history you've worked on crew you could talk to filmmakers you never shut up so why don't you start a podcast and <laughs> you're and you're and so I thought you know what he's right like I I have crewed and I have produced and I can talk to filmmakers and I am talkative. So maybe I should just babble into a mic and you're actually episode 270. We have guest wow. books. Congratulations. That's so oh, cool. Th- thank you. Thank you. And about 30 or 35 of them are Jonah. So, and don't let him lie to you. He'll say, no, 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 brother. I didn't No, it was you. So, you know, Jonah, um, yeah. the, uh, so again, I want to tell people definitely check out people I've slept with. Um, excuse me. And this, her story, uh, I liked the first episode. I don't want to go into anything about it other than tell people to watch it. And with these, uh, podcasts, excuse me, you had mentioned, are they all, excuse me, are they all one a week? Or is there some that are like you can get more often or, or how is just, I'm just so, so listeners yeah. know. <clears throat> oh yeah. Yeah. Some that are weekly podcasts, um, some that are on hiatus and they do seasonal. So right now Butch and the Bear and Unbearable is off, but they'll be coming back very soon. Uh, Kiss and Tell is every week. Um, do Not Disturb with Jade um, is actually every week. Uh, we have quite a few. Um, we have so much, uh, dead for filth is every week. We have so much for you to discover in music and podcasts and features and television. Uh, I guarantee you will not be bored with your reverie subscription. And if you oh, are, email, yeah. email me and I promise to refund your money. 
Oh, wow. That's, hey, that's a, um, well, I have a free one. Can I get a refund? <laughs> it, it it was a free year, so I need my $54. No, I'm just kidding. Um, let's see. Uh, no, that's a, that's a great thing. I, um, I read an article the other day about Tom Hanks, one of his early movies people disliked and people would come up to him and say how much they hated it. And he would open his wallet and give them the ticket price back. So (laughs) I think, I think that's, (laughs) I think that's really bold and really, uh, really, really kind. Uh, So people know, because uh, if you're coming across, uh, you had said it's Xers, then millennials. I don't even know what I would be called. I'm 40. Um, I know I'm not X or millennial. Uh, there's one called Working Nine to Five, uh, hundreds of sex workers in Portugal uh, to protect the law, labor. Anyways, make just so you know, it's not the Dolly Parton movie. I don't say that in a, in a bad way, but I know that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's definitely not the Dolly Parton movie. It's a great yeah, documentary. I, and I hate to be, uh, I don't, I, I'm not a bigot, but uh all of my gay friends have always just been huge Dolly Parton fans. So I wanted to make sure that anyone uh, to know. Um, And this is really cool that you have original. I mean, when I saw people I've slept with in 2009, uh, I loved it, thought it was great. But hey, if you would have told me uh, in nine years, you'll be doing a podcast and talking about it, I would have been like, what the hell are you talking about? Aside from the fact that podcasts didn't exist. So I like, I just, my favorite thing about this show, and I'm sure you've experienced it through film is how these little tiny things, a show or a film or, or something you do can come back years later. Or like you're saying that uh, email that made you cry, um, can can come back and can make you realize, you know, that there's a reason that I did this. And it's not just, you know, we all have bottom lines and we all have, uh, you know, got to keep the dollar rolling or keep a company up. Uh, one of the last things I wanted to ask you was, uh, are you most known as an actor or commercials? Because I'm looking on IMDb and you look very, familiar so is there something that you have that's like huge to where people are going to recognize your face well yeah from about 10 years ago more than 10 years ago i played lance on the gilmore girls which was a small one episode uh thing that i did and did some commercials some short films um some stuff that had been to all the festivals you know, I feel like that's a whole other life ago. That was, uh, you know, 15, 20 years ago when I first uh, entered Hollywood. But, um, and, and it's still up there, like I'm an actor, and I need, that needs to be changed and updated to say CEO now. Uh, I laugh at it because I feel like that was a completely different version of myself. But, uh, but now I, am, I, I think I'm most known for, uh, you know, being a CEO and a producer and, uh, and working in the uh, intersection of technology and entertainment. And that's what I've been doing for the last 10, 10 years of my life. Okay. Cause I was going to say, you look, you looked familiar when I went across your picture is, and so um, this is of course up and running now and yeah. com, uh, And the best deal is the year prescri- subscription fifty four ninety nine or four ninety nine a month. Uh you guys yep. you get podcasts and original series, uh gosh, a series from the UK, you get television, uh music videos. As I said, there's there's almost too much. So when you get this, uh at least set aside some time. Now in the uh, in the partnering, because I see funnier die uh just to clarify for people that know or don't know, and again, I'm not talking personal business stuff, uh, is this certain content that comes from them or do you produce with them or is it like a partnering sponsors? Because I don't want people to walk away thinking that Funnier Die and Will Ferrell's company 
makes everything and you know all the work that you've done is just a worker oh, yeah. bee. So, so just whatever you can share about that, I'd love for the audience to know. So, as they recommend so it, it to people, it's both. I mean, you'll find Funnier Die, the best of Funnier Die queer comedy that was produced in house by Funnier Die in that section branded Funnier Die in the Reverie app. So, it's just basically a way to aggregate and be able to see that that in our ecosystem a little bit quicker than having to search through the Funny or Die library for the best of LGBTQ content. Um, and that's the partnership that we have. But we do have co-productions. Like I said, Game of Thrones uh, will be coming back to do that, not this year, but next year, because Game of Thrones is in production for an entire year. Uh, and we're excited about hopefully some other things that we'll get to announce or partner with other companies, much like Funny or Die, in the coming months. Um, so, yeah, lots, lots to come. Well, that's that's fantastic. I'm glad to hear that, and uh, we really appreciate you coming on today. I know, I I definitely know uh, after the fact that we're fortunate enough to have done 275 episodes. I know exactly when a guest is on here uh, because they want to be and because they want to contribute and support someone else's uh, venture, as opposed to just uh, you know, hear themselves talk. So we appreciate that you come on with a, a respect for other artists and an appreciation for what other people do. And again, seeing not only the LGBTQ plus community, but just the artist community and the filmmaker community uh, contributing to all of that. My final question would be, and again, I may sound just totally naive, uh, for people, I don't want to say on the other, for people who are not LGBTQ or plus, uh, we don't understand, and I want to take a time to educate people, we don't understand how first it was LGB, then it was LGBT, now it's Q. Uh, so what is the plus? And again, pardon any kind of naivete on my part. That's okay. Plus just encompasses all the other acronyms and letters that fall in within our community. It's to say that it's not just LGBTQ. They may be the biggest, but there's intersex, two-spirit, pansexual, asexual, genderqueer, um, questioning. There's so many different identities within our community um, that, again, now Reverie, myself included, we are just coining the phrase queer. Queer encompasses everything. So it's the new catch-all for our community. And I encourage folks um, to adopt that speech and to use it and to just reference us community um, as we move forward because labels are not as important as identity is. And I think that's something that um, Reverie, again, is spearheading and trying to be on the forefront of. Oh, okay. Well, I, I really appreciate you explaining that because I yeah. would just say, I would just say I'm uh I'm I'm heterosexual, but if you show me a Paul Newman movie before 1970, I'm I have to wonder if I'm just heterosexual. Um, <laughs> where his okay, eyes are just a, a yeah. His, need to be a, yeah, there's well, we, maybe there should be a I like Paul Newman's eyes label, like a P N E Paul Newman's eyes. Um, but, but yeah, we, uh, thank you for your time this morning. Uh, we know how, how valuable time is and we wish this all the success. And again, thank you to Jonah. Again, everyone, um, get out to www.reverie.com. And the last thing is real quick, if you want to plug any social media and, uh, then we can wrap it up. Yeah, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Reverie TV, R-E-V-R-Y TV. And then if you just search Reverie and Facebook, you will find us uh, everywhere. And please join us, like us, share us, and tweet us. All right, excellent. I'm glad to know that you, ha you had all that, and we can get that out there so everyone Check out that social media. Tell your friends. And please, most of all, try and get someone who, who, for whatever the reason, 
doesn't want to see this kind of content, get them to watch one thing and understand that we're all humans, we're all people, and see that it's the same laughs if it's two gay men who can't change the baby's diaper as it is when it's two straight men. Uh, I, when I saw that father show, I thought of three men and a baby, and I thought that would have never flown in the 80s if it was three uh, uh, you know, lesbians or three gay men. You know, They all had to be womanizing. And so that's what I really like about this content is it's not, uh, as we talked about over the top, it's not just the stereotype. So uh, with that, I, uh, we wish you a wonderful day and all of our aloha and good spirits on this endeavor. And hopefully we get to have you back on for something else and uh, talk more. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Excellent. Have a wonderful day. Aloha. That was a great conversation. I'm super excited. I'm always too excited after a show that I literally should just put the end button episode. So again, check out reverie.com, LGBTQ plus entertainment, everything you can think of. Check it out. It's going to do it for me. Uh, whether it's morning, afternoon, night, or whatever other time of day you can find, please, please do us a favor. Make sure and watch a good movie. And aloha.